they weirdly remind me of that like meme team from two years ago which one it was just like the meme team where it was like oh, yeah. John Rondo and like, yeah, like Lance Stevenson and like Lance Stevenson yeah <laughs> just like all these guys that hate LeBron are on the team now yeah exactly you know? it's but like, like, but like the polar opposite yeah like a reality show Welcome, 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 everybody, to Woo. episode four, the Lowest Ass Podcast. We've had a heck of a lot of great guests up to this point, obviously. This week, it's just John and I, but we have a jam-packed episode this week, so stick around for that. We have a handful of awesome questions. We're going to make some predictions right now so that halfway through the season, at the end of the season, five years now from now, we can come back and talk about this list and say how incredibly wrong and stupid we are uh, <laughs> yeah. for answering with our answers. Um, so, John, I'll let you start it off there. Go ahead. Okay. So, I mean, like, we're, we're, we're doing the, the big five awards first. We have to do those. Like, this is a primer. We have to. Um, so, Caleb, who you have getting MVP this year? Like, who you have getting it? This one was really difficult. Yeah, um, of course. And no no doubt. For- for me, it came down to availability. I'm always an availability guy, and there's one guy that's available fairly often, often enough, and he's so goddamn good at basketball, and that's Luka Magic. Ooh, I'm picking Luka Doncic as my okay. MVP for this season. Okay. Uh, who do you have? I So he was right – he was second place for me. He was right behind uh, my, my choice, which is he hasn't had a full season of play yet. But when we have seen Kevin Durant play, he has been the best player on the court every single time. There's no denying that. The one time he does, he's not the best player is because his his foot is not behind the three-point line. And that's just on him. That's just him having big feet. You know what I'm saying? So so I think that I think that Kevin Durant, given given the ability to play a full season, also having the success that the Nets will have this season. They are not going to be like below top three in, in the East. I don't even think top two. They're going to get top one, I think, uh, in, in the East. I, I'm making that bold claim right now, too. I, I think that he has the, the track record to have an MVP season post Achilles, which is going to be a huge storyline if it happens, too. Um, I, don't, I, I don't know if, historically if that's even never happened before. So, um, and you know how NBA loves the narrative. So that could be a huge storyline. And uh, yeah, I think KD is going to get it. Okay. I, you know what? He was second on my list. I, I just, I look at, I look at the build, you know, and I just, I worry availability. Sure. Um, Yes. Yes. But that's just, I, I still think, like you said, I think he's the best player in the NBA um, when he's there. It's just about if he's there. Um, Rookie of the year. Who do you have for rookie of the year? Uh, I mean, we're we're recording this uh, just after like the Rockets played like the night before, uh, and mm-hmm. so um, if you actually saw um, if you saw Jalen Green play out there, he looked NBA ready. Like he looked legitimately ready to just like be like starting on a on a on an NBA team, which is you know that's that's hard to do at, at his age and like especially being a rookie. You know, like he like players who are in their second and third year did not look, do not look as ready as, as he does. Um, and I think that has just come with the, his experience that he gained um, in the, in the G league and stuff. So like, I think that he has a, he has great potential to just like 
like be a, be the rookie of the year that we expect to be. I don't I don't know if he's going to average you know like more than 15, 16 points a game. Um, but I think that he will like he'll he'll be the player that that gets the job done. He's going to be like the the go-to guy on a team that needs one, you know? So uh uh especially one that is not expected to do much at all. So if the Houston Rockets like get, you know, <laughs> half the wins is you know they 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 need so they'll they'll probably give him the uh the rookie of the year what do you think um yeah no as the former draft analyst in the building here i mm-hmm. i feel like this is my kind of question and i'm mm-hmm. playing it safe a little bit today but i'm also taking Jalen green i think i think that this looks so drastically similar to what last season was the mm-hmm. only difference is in this draft class, there is no Lamella ball. Mm-hmm. There is not a guy that's going to be a walking triple double outside of uh, outside of college or high school or Lithuania or wherever you want to go. Basically yeah. um, Jalen green is going to be that dude on a team that literally has nothing in terms yeah. of players. They have nothing but prospects and Christian Wood. Um, John wall won't play a minute this year. Um, you're looking at a guy who is almost a carbon copy in a lot of ways to Anthony Edwards um, I think he's a better scorer than Anthony Edwards is, though, especially in the mid-range and in the jumping. Oh, yeah. Uh, the jump shots there. He's going to have a much better shooting season than Ant did last year. Um, and if there was no Lamelo last year, Ant was winning it. So I think undeniably I would take Jalen Green here. Um, I know a lot of the uh, – Vegas seems to be favoring Suggs a lot. Mm. Um, I don't – I just don't see it. I, I think – him and Cole Anthony are going to eat a little bit of each other's touches mm-hmm. and that's going to hurt. Who's going to take Jalen Green's touches? No one. Nobody. There's He's no expectations for the Rockets. They, they Kevin, won't give him the green light for everything. Kevin Porter Jr. He's going to get a couple touches, I guess. I sure. Um, yeah. Christian Wood's going to get a couple touches, but like <laughs> put it in Jalen Green's hand, hands, let him go get his 20 a night and he's going to win the rookie of the year. Undeniably, in my opinion. Do you what's, um, what's your so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a really quick uh, prompt. What's what's your over under on on him averaging twenty points? Um, I'm gonna go over. All right. Okay. I think he might have like twenty and a half points a game. I just think he's gonna play this rookie year. That's crazy, this bro. Rookie year. No, oh we're gonna gosh. be sitting here. I'm I'm calling it now. We're gonna be sitting here a year from now, or at the end of the season <laughs> after the NBA finals, and we're gonna be sitting here and being like. Wow, like Jalen Green put up 21.2 points a night. Like, damn, yeah, but oh Caleb, gosh, he yeah. shot 30 shots a night. Yeah, but he was allowed to shoot 30. <laughs> he was allowed to shoot. That No one else was going to take those shots for him. <laughs> Nobody's going to take them. Like, they're all yeah. his. So I'm definitely taking Jalen Green, and I think you're I think you're getting 20 points a night there. Um, I'm going to move on, though, here to defensive player of the year. Who do you got, John? Okay, so I saw a lot of, of uh, articles, saw some wild answers for this. There's one I saw, uh, there's a narrative going around that maybe Ben Simmons gets it this year. There's one that um, uh, Rudy Gobert goes uh, back to back, to back, I think. To back. Yeah, yeah. To back. so be, he would be, it was third in a row. I think that we're sleeping on Giannis, baby. I think Giannis comes back and he gets another. I, he's not getting the MVP this year. I'm gonna put that out right now. There are too many good players, and and there's a little bit of a of a fatigue for his MVP stuff. So he's not gonna get it. But I will say that they they are not gonna get tired of of him on the defensive end. 
like he does stuff that he does stuff that like if LeBron was was only going to focus on defense in his earlier years like that's that's the kind of action that he's that he's delivering on the court and stuff like that especially with like you know him not maybe having to shoulder all of the load for the defense anymore he'll have more of an opportunity to just look really polished on the defensive end so uh i I think that he has a great opportunity to to get a second uh defensive player of the year um i although my answer is different i agree with where you're going with it actually i think also one thing that you didn't know that um could really really bolster his case is if the bucks played defensively as well as they played defensively last season you're he's definitely getting it because pj tucker is gone and pj tucker was an important part of that defense true in terms of wrapping it all together help defending just inside of the post um i think if they are as good or only slightly worse than they were last season i think he's winning defensively of the year but i don't think that's the case um And I'm I'm going for history here, and I'm saying Rudy Gobert is getting his back-to-back-to-back defense player of the year. Um, I don't even like Rudy Gobert, to be honest. I think he's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't matter, though, because Giannis is great. The award fatigue gets to guys when they're 27, 28, though. You don't see a lot of awards come to them after that. Yeah. And I think that we're into that area now with Giannis, or we're going to start getting there. We already had the MVP um, fatigue. You know, he could have won it last year, but he didn't because, well, Jokic had a huge season, of course. And also there's just the fatigue of just giving the same guy the MVP over and over. It's the same reason Mm -hmm. LeBron doesn't have 15 MVPs. Michael Jordan doesn't have 15 MVPs because of course, if, if the, if the, award went out for the best player in the league or the actual most valuable there would be seven total people with the prize yeah 10 total people with the prize but based on how it is um i'm gonna take Rudy Gobert complete completely off topic i got there for a second but i'm gonna take defense player of the year Rudy Gobert um yeah i like it i mean it's not like he he got worse or the jazz got worse worse um which actually is going to lead me into the next award which is six man so what do you have for six man this was a bit off the board i answered it and then i went to look at the vegas odds and he was a little bit down he wasn't at the top which Mm -hmm. i'm okay with um especially if you're a bet man i took patty mills Um, interesting i just i always have liked patty mills he's really really good and really efficient Mm -hmm. and he's a surprisingly strong defender. The underlying statistics seem to support that usually. Um, and he's been playing with the Spurs under the pop tutelage for a long time now, and he's going to the Nets. Uh, now the Nets, Kyrie Irving at the moment, is still not allowed to play at home. Um, yeah, true. And James Harden, although he's been historically durable, was hurt a lot last year. And Durant has been hurt the past few years a decent amount of time, which means the Patty Mills, all you have to do is come off the bench more often than you come, than you start basically. Start, so yeah. Patty Mills may start 25, 30 games this year, but he could still be in the running for six man of the year. And with those guys having the issues that they have, I think that Patty Mills could get not only some big minutes, but he could get that Spencer Dinwiddie spot where he was averaging 19 points and mm-hmm. four rebounds and two assists or whatever. 
Um, that's where I see Patty Mills. What about you? I, and I'll, I'll even I'll even throw this out. If you saw him in the Olympics, Patty Mills was playing really well in the Olympics. That's like Olympic was, Patty Mills, though. <laughs> yeah, you're so right. You're so right. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I, I love that pick. Uh, uh, you brought up the Vegas odds for it. So I want to see actually who was, you know, like the top picks. Patty Mills is, is third with plus 1,100. But right up there next to him, uh, who I didn't even think of, but maybe might be my pick now. I, I'm not going to say it's my pick officially, but I like Kevin Herter as as a six man uh, candidate. I you know the, we're getting a disapproval already. Oh no! Uh, I, I I just think that it th- their their core team that the that the Hawks have is just really exciting, and and there's a lot of great opportunities for him to be just a spot up shooter. Um, and 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 not even that, like he can create his own shot too, but like just with Trey Young being able to pass literally wherever on the court and have just be open and you will have a good shot. Basically um, he can just be the right guy at the right time for, for something like that. So I like that pick, but I'm ultimately going to go with the favorite, um, the, the safe answer, Jordan Clarkson um, back to back. I think he, I think he has just a great opportunity to just be sort of this Lou Williams esque guy where it's like, he does not need to be the, the starter. He, he does not need to be that. But he, what he does need to be is be the spark plug, be the guy that you can go to. If nothing else is working for the starters, nothing else is working for the rest of the bench, you can give it to him and he will he will make magic happen. Um, and, I, and I have to say that because last year I saw him just do it too many times for me to be like, this is a, this is a fluke situation. Um, because, I mean, prior to him being on, uh, you know, him being on the jazz, like he was not like, he, he was he was coming up and he was like sort of in this starter sort of like amalgamous situation. But now, like he's cemented his role as a six man. I think he's got an opportunity to go back to back. So that's what I'm going to go with this year. No, I totally agree with that. Actually, I, w- I was really on the fence. I just didn't want to go with the favorite necessarily for for that particular topic after I did with Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. Um, I think history would suggest that it will be Jordan Clarkson again. Um, I mean, just look at the history of all the six men of the year. They're all um, volume scoring guards. Every single one of them. Like Lou Williams. um, We talked recently about Dennis Schroeder possibly winning it a few years ago. He didn't win it, but it was Lou Williams, uh, Jordan Clarkson. um, Jamal Crawford was a volume scoring guard as well. they just they love guys that just hold the ball and have super high usage rates off the bench. Um, so I could totally see it being being him again, 100%. I love that. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, what you got next? Um, next, we have the most improved player. What do you got? All right. This is this this is like I've I've done my I've done my due diligence. I've done my work and stuff. This one is like okay now he's got a tinfoil hat on now now he's just insane because i think that jordan Poole is going to be most improved player this year and i think that because of just his trajectory i mean have his his first season he averaged eight points second last season he averaged 12 points if he can just if he can just off the bench just give me like 20 something like that just like 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 just just, 20 yeah just 20 but like (laughs) Like he he is doing exactly what he needs to be doing to be your perfect. That's why I almost picked him for like uh, like a dark horse six man as well because like he is doing everything you need to be doing to be a good spark club off the off the bench sort of guy that you can you can be your go to player because I I mean 
um, just like full transparency, I went to the Warriors game like a couple, a couple nights ago when they played the the Nuggets, uh, and he he just looked amazing. Like like I was almost as hyped to see him handling the ball as I was to see Steph handling the ball because he just looks so confident out there. He wasn't in, and I and I this is me having watched him for two years now. Like him starting out as this guy who was just taking these like bullshit like three pointers, just like not not no open shot, no confidence in it. But like now he's like, you know, driving in, he's taking these like turnaround mid ranges faders and like, it's just like, or, or, you know, driving and like breaking down defenders to, to, you know, get to the hoop. Like he, he is developing a lot of great tools that I think that he's, he's under the radar, of course, because of, you know, him averaging 12 points last year and, you know, never really being that guy yet so far, but especially with clay not being coming back right away, he's sort of been that like, Patty Mills sort of situation where like he can be starting enough, but will ultimately be going back to the bench where he will have the averages from when he was starting to bolster his, uh, his off the bench numbers as well. So I think that he has a great opportunity to make this season look really well for him, be a, be a breakout player. So tinfoil hat, that's my choice. I totally agree. I think that's actually, that's a really good take. Um, I was a huge Jordan Poole fan at college. I think I had him as back on my big board way back in the day. I had him really high mm-hmm. and I had to defend that for a long time. So I'm happy that he's playing as well as he is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hummed and hawed about this one for a long time. This is the toughest one that I had. Um, history and the research suggests generally guys that average at least six new minutes per year win the most improved player. Uh, the Knicks fans out there, that are fans of the show may not like what I'm about to say, but um, Julius Randle for 36 is exactly the same as he was last year. He just got six extra minutes tonight and he improved defensively under a Thibodeau scheme mm-hmm. and he touched the ball. That's all it is. Basically his actual per 36 numbers were almost identical. And that's always the case basically with a lot of the most improved players is they're already really good. They just haven't got the playing time that they Mm -hmm. require to really thrive basically. Mm -hmm. And so that brought me to two players and Jordan Poole was neither of them, but I did come (laughs) to two total players. Yeah. um, And the one I didn't pick, I want to talk about just for quick 30 seconds here. And that's Darius Garland. I I love Darius Garland. Yeah. I, I think that if they had to choose between their two backcourt guards um, that you had to choose Darius Garland between the two. I love Colin Sexton. He's a volume scorer as a guard. He's not as he's not nearly as good of a passer. Um, he's already more polished as a scorer. Obviously, he's had an extra year in the NBA as well. Um, but Darius Garland's the one with the highest ceiling. Um, he's a hugely good, like he's an insanely good passer for how young he still is. He's he was one of the youngest in the draft in that particular draft. I think he was second or third youngest in the entire draft. So he's still a really really young guy at 21 years old. Um, and he's going to get a lot of minutes for that Cavs team. The Cavs suck, mm-hmm. and they have just a log jam at big right now, which means that they got all these guards that are going to be able to get some good t- playing time, and if Sexton moves, it'll be Garland for sure. He's not my man of the year, or uh, my most improved of the year, though. My most improved of the year is Keldon Johnson. Ooh, um, we're going to see a lot of Keldon Johnson this year. Um, the Spurs... I, I watched the Spurs uh, preseason game the other day when Josh Primo had like 20 points, which mm-hmm. was great because Josh Primo was the youngest in the draft class and he got picked like 12th. 
which a lot of people, myself included, were a little confused by. I like Josh Primo, but not that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but Keldon Johnson is going to get big minutes this year. There's no DeRozan on that team. There's no mm-hmm. Rudy Gay on that team. Mm-hmm. There's no LaMarcus, and there's none of that old big three. It's all young guys now, basically. So you've got Keldon Johnson, who's going to get a ton of minutes. He's young. Um, he's, he's great on both sides of the ball at the moment. He's a great scorer. He can pass a rebound. Um, and he fits that narrative of they need more minutes. Keldon Johnson is going to get more minutes. There's no more overlap with those combo guards like De- DeRozan, for, mm-hmm, me, for example. He, he's going to get minutes. He's going to get touches. It's Keldon Johnson for me. I love that. I love the answer. I didn't even think about Keldon Johnson, but you're so right that that move for uh, DeRozan going going to the Bulls that's that opened up a perfect opportunity. I feel like that's like a, a huge thing as well. You kind of touched on it, where like it's sort of like them already being good, but never having the opportunity to show how good they are. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess we'll we'll see just how how good he is this year. I, I totally believe that. Um, but all right, we got we that is all of the the nice uh, and easy ones we, we got we got the ones that are like everybody talks about those right Caleb what did what did you do um for for this next part that we're gonna we're gonna be talking about like what 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 did we look up here so we looked at the 2022 GM survey that came out recently uh essentially what they did was the NBA head office went and they sent surveys to all 30 GMs uh, with a list of questions fill them out uh, there were some obvious ones, you know, the GMs think the Nets are going to win the championship. Um, mm-hmm. The GMs think that Durant is going to win MVP. But every year I look at this survey because I'm a maniac and look at the miscellaneous category for the yes. stupid, the stupid categories. Uh, we're talking about fastest player in the NBA. We're talking about most athletic in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole bunch of random ones. So what we did was I picked three. Uh, categories and answers and john picked three categories and answers we don't know each other's categories but we're gonna ask them one at a time and say who we have okay Um, and so i actually i'm gonna start here i'm gonna i picked the question what was the most underrated move of the nba offseason this year i'd like to hear your answer before i send that for what it's worth underrated move can i look at the answers or is uh, that, yeah, is that, yeah. Is if that... you have them open, you can look at them. Okay, because I'm I'm struggling to even consider what an underrated move is off the top of my head. That's fair. I think it it's like no Russell Westbrook, no Kyle Lowry. Yes. Like yes. And that was pretty much it. Really, those were the big moves. I think. Okay. 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 Interesting. These are these are a lot of interesting answers off the, off the top. I think that is it just one move that we're talking about here? Yeah, just pick one underrated move of the offseason. What was your most underrated? I think that the most underrated move might have been Lonzo to the Bulls. Because I think that I think that he is just like this player who had so much hype, so much pressure to do well in the NBA and immediately got thrust into the spotlight when he went to the Lakers. So he really had no opportunity to grow and just be like a guy who's in the NBA, right? Like he, he immediately was like, okay, now you have to be like the next greatest point guard basically. Um, and, you know, that's, I don't know, that's not his fault. You know, he, he, he's just a guy who wants to be in the NBA, but I think that now he has the opportunity to have being, have played 
on the Pelicans and like have played with Zion and like played in that core with, you know, Brandon Ingram and all those players. I really actually really liked the, the Pelicans last year and like that, that setup, but um, him going to the, the bulls and get, getting to play with like, uh, like this, like sort of mismatched like group of guys. So I think like, we're all like pretty good on, on different teams, but like together, I feel like they could all just be like, um, like all of them, like no player stands out. They all do well together sort of situation. Like uh, I think, I think he has a great opportunity to just like rack up like so many assists from all these scores, like, like Vooch and um, you know, Caruso and Levine, like those guys, like those guys go out and get their own shot, but they like, they will have a much easier time having like a really nice pass to come off of a, you know, a score or whatever. Um, I'm really looking forward to how they do that two man game with Vooch and Lonzo as well. I think that, I think that there's a lot of great opportunity there because they, they tried to do that last year with, with Lonzo and Zion. Um, but I just think that Lonzo or, or Zion likes to also be a little bit of a ball handler himself as well. Um, so that is a great opportunity for him to just be like, this is your run of the mill, like big man inside scorer that you can just you can do your pick and roll game with and also he can you step out and shoot a three every so often as well so um there's not a lot of pressure for the bulls to be an amazing team but there is some pressure for them to be at least a playoff bound team so i think that's sort of what you want your expectations to be now if you're lonzo like i don't have to be the best we don't have to be the best but we have to be good um so that's what i'm going to say okay that's fair that's fair um I went a little differently. I picked Kemba Walker going to the New York Knicks. I was thinking about that one as well. That's a good one. Um, it's multifold for me. There's a, there's a handful of different reasons why. The first of which is Kemba's from New York. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy's going home. He played college near there. Um, in case everybody forgot about what he did in college, he did happen to win the national championship <laughs> yeah. on a buzzer beater. Yes. Cardiac Kemba. How could we forget? Cardiac Kemba. How could we forget? That guy was an all NBA caliber player for the Hornets back in the day when they had nothing. Yeah. Um, and then he went to the Celtics and he had a couple bad years. He was hurt pretty much the entire yeah. time though. Oh yeah. Like that guy just has had a ton of time off basically mm-hmm. um, due to injury. We're hoping this year he comes back healthy. Part of what it is more than anything else, he went to the Celtics with this big contract. There were high, high, high expectations. Just like you said about Lonzo, there's sky high expectations for him to be the point guard mm-hmm. for a team that is all combo guards over in Boston, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and he now is going to the Knicks where they just need somebody that's better than Alfred Payton. Like that's a really low bar. It's a really, really low bar. (laughs) So basically immediately Kemba walks in. He's from New York. He's from the area. He's going to play for his hometown team. He should be hopefully healthy by then. And he's definitely an upgrade from Alfred Payton. So even if he's not spectacular, cardiac Kemba, like he used to be hitting buzzer beaters where it was like, oh, taking the last shot. Do you want him or Lillard? You know, that sort of thing. Like back in the day, you're still going to get, you're still going to sell a hell of a lot of tickets because that guy has the Knicks logo on the front. Yeah. The notoriety, sell a lot the, of jerseys, the notoriety and the fact that he's just the hometown kid going to play. He's going to average like, I don't know, 18 points, 20 points a game, basically. And him and Julius Randle should be a fun little combo. If Julius Randle can actually finally use both hands. Um, we'll see a lot of Julius Randle slander from my end. Man. Yeah. We can't really go after the Knicks here. They're, 
They got a fierce fan base. They're a big I'm kind of scared now. No, I'm kidding. Big marker. <laughs> uh, what was your What was your first category? Oh, uh, here we go. Um, mine was uh, most promising young core. Who is the most promising young core this year? Okay, so first yes. and foremost, I know who the answer is from the GS yes. survey, mm-hmm. and I I'm gonna. It's really tough because I do really like them. Yes. But I'm going to switch. I'm going to make it fun. Oh, he's going to swerve. He swerved it. I'm going to pick the Grizzlies. I'm going to pick the Grizzlies. Oh, okay. Hey, Um, that's a good answer. I like that. Right? That's pretty good. Um, I like Trey, but I also like Ja. Um, Ja is just so, so raw aggressiveness and energy. Like, that guy could just go and get 25 points. We saw him in the playoffs. Yeah. The Grizzlies had no chance going into that. And they (laughs) – they won game. Yeah. Like they won a game. Like, and Ja was incredibly good. Mm-hmm. And then you have to also factor in uh, fellow Canadian Brandon Clark was hurt a lot last year. And he's a great little combo forward. He should be able to play some good D. He should be able to fill in for a couple different roles, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a few different guys in, in uh, Melton and uh, Tillman as well that are both mm-hmm. really, really underrated players that are good that have good underlying statistics um, for former rookies um, so they should both be able to excuse me take a step up yeah um and then i think the other one that everybody sleeps on jaron jackson jr i was gonna say he i feel like he's the x factor for that team I feel yeah, like he, because he's the x factor for that team when when he was a rookie yeah he got picked very high i think he got mm-hmm. picked fourth if i recall correctly um this is three or four years ago i distinctly remember reading the gm survey and he was voted on by the GMs as the most uh, that he would have in five years, the best, he would be the best player in that, like at the end of that, from five that draft years, class. Yeah. From that draft class. And the GMs voted him as one of the most improved players for this year, likely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I agree. I think Jaron Jackson Jr., who's hurt all last year, this guy is an incredibly talented guy. He was raw. He's got a lot of time that he's been watching film. Um, I was watching, I was listening to a podcast with Chris Vernon, the, uh, the mismatch. He was saying Jaron Jackson Jr. has been in the gym. He's been working out. He came back at a really awkward time at the end of the year last year where he just came into this team that was trying to go to the playoffs and they were not really sure if they were going to make the playoffs. And mm-hmm. also they were starting a lot of guys they hadn't started before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure I'm missing a whole bunch of other Grizzly guys that are really good. I know they just traded Grayson Allen. I don't really like Grayson Allen, but he's a buck now, I think, if I recall yeah. correctly. But they did get Sam Merrill, who's okay. Uh, he could yeah. eat maybe some some bottom of the bench minutes. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think it's the Grizzlies for me. I think it's I the really Grizzlies. Like that answer. I really like that answer. I think, well the the most obvious answer is the hawks i feel like that like and like we're recording this a couple days after that insane dunk by john collins like it had to be like the one of the most insane dunks i've ever seen because of sorry those that shaking right there was the aftershock (laughs) of him hitting the rim three days later it was just it was just so surreal to see also like if you guys watch that video his like reaction after the dunk is just as good as the dunk itself like he's just like like stone cold face like (laughs) in a different world 
Um, but that's, I feel like that's just a testament. That's a microcosm of, of how exciting it is to see this team. Um, and the fact that Trey Young has, uh, I mean, he had, I guess you could call it a down year last year. Not, I mean, he had like, I guess, not as great of stats as people would have wanted, but I, I think that he still remains as like one of the best guards that we have like in the NBA right now. Um, and uh, like there was a lot of speculation of whether John Collins was going to stay after this year and stuff like that. But I don't think that they're, they're breaking up this team just yet because I feel like kind of like how this question is like, they have a very promising young core. We kind of talked about Kevin Herter already as well. Um, and uh, I mean, like the, they, they are just so fun to watch. Um, and I, I, I feel like they have, they have room to grow. Uh, it's just a matter of, uh, of, of where they're going to seed in the playoffs. I feel like that's going to be a huge part of it too. Um, if they, if they get maybe like fourth or third seed, I think they have a chance to maybe go to the second round. I, I don't think if they, if they're against the nets or anybody like that, they're not going to make it, but it's just all a matter of seeding. And uh, that that Nate McMillan uh, uh, head coach switch was was huge for them last season. So I can't wait to see what they get from him from a full season. Uh, so that's going to be very exciting. Um, but yeah, that's that's my answer. The the cookie cutter one, I guess, for this question. <laughs> that's fair. And to be honest with you, two guys you didn't even mention that I think are going to take big steps ahead this year. DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish. Yes, um, yes. Fun fact about Cam Reddish, he, at the time that he was drafted, was voted on by his peers as the player to have the best career. Now, just remember, in his draft class was Zion and Ja Morant, and, he, and Cam Reddish was listed as the most likely to have the best career by his teammates. So that guy is dripping with talent. It's just mm-hmm. about finding the right way to play him. He's so all over the place he could be a point guard he could be a power forward that's small and nimble and could get around other power forwards he small forward he probably should play small forward yeah defensively he's a bit of a liability still he's improved mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it also depends who's around him because deandre hunter is incredibly good that guy has like maybe not quite as high but like Kawhi leonard light i would say yeah like Type of potential OG Ananobi sort of shadow OG Ananobi, Mikhail Bridges, yeah, that's uh, those sorts of guys basically. Um, and I think he could absolutely get to that point. I think he's that he's gonna be that good in the next year or two, anyway. Um, yeah, anyway, that is a great question. That one we could talk about for hours, definitely. Um, now this one maybe it's a little bit quicker. Which player will you want taking the shot, the game on the line? Who do you want? Give me Iguodala. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Get out of here. End, end the podcast. I want Iguodala. Uh, I want Iguodala. <laughs> uh, no. Oh All right, Max. God, Jesus. Um, Woo. Gotta think about this objectively, man. Can't think about it. Yeah, you do have to think about this objectively, don't you? Yeah. This is a tough one for you. No, it's Kevin Durant. It's Kevin Durant. Like, if, I, if, you're, really? if, you're, if, you're, if you're saying anyone else right now, then you're lying. Like I'm, I'm just being honest. You're, you're lying, because if you saw, if you saw what he did in the two finals with the Warriors, like games on the line when they're both in Cleveland, he hits a shot. He hits the same shot twice, and then last year when he, when he hits that when he hits that turnaround jump shot, almost a three pointer that could have sent could have sent them to the to the conference finals or the the you know whatever to the finals. That like he has a track record of just pulling up from wherever and like and like hitting it and that's not to say that like Steph Dame 
you know, LeBron, these guys can do the same thing, but we kind of talked about this off the pod that he can just hit any shot that he wants. Kevin Durant can hit from anywhere, bro. There's not, there's not a person who I think like makes a matchup more difficult, um, especially for, for his position. Cause he can, he can like um, back down like any guard, but he could also just like off the ball, you know, like make a, a, a power forward or a center run. Like he, he can like find a shot so easily. Um, just from his build itself, uh, he's he's just like designed to be just an amazing player. So and 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 I feel like his his track record of being clutch has has delivered on the times that I can remember in this moment right now. But I feel like this is a bit of a disservice to you know I mean like I want to say Steph, but I feel like that's too that's too like yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All I right, got I got right, two all things. Right, all right. All right. Go I ahead, got two go ahead. things. The first one is yes. Yeah. The second one is you did mention Kevin Durant there and you said Kevin Durant shot a shot that could have won the game. It didn't, but it could have, but you know who doesn't mm-hmm. lose the game when he takes the shot. That's mm-hmm. Dame Lillard. That guy I would 100% trust. He could have five defenders on him and I would still rather he takes the shot than any other trailblazer. Um, the GMs, for what it's worth, said Durant as well. I just, maybe it's a recency bias thing. I love Durant. And like he, we talked about this off the pod, and I can attest to that 100%. I love Durant in any scenario. I love him a lot. He so, takes so many great shots. He's had a lot of clutch shots, but it's Lillard for me. Lillard ended a franchise on one shot. Lillard has two series wins on buzzer beater threes. Nobody else has that. Um, this guy is the leader of a Trailblazers team that without him is a bottom four team in the league, bottom five team in the league, maybe. Um, I think that not only does he bring so much to the franchise itself, but he also, at any moment that he could just win a game on a shot, he's going to take that shot. It's going to be from half court. Someone's going to say, oh, that's a bad shot, and he's going to fucking hit it. And he does. He just hits it. I can't Every deny time. that. I can't deny I, like, that. I can't remember the last time I saw Dame take a shot to win a game and he missed it. Yeah. Where he was, where he had the foot on his line. He doesn't have the foot on the line because he's standing on the logo still when he takes the shot. He okay, okay, but here's what I'm telling you. Here's what I'm telling you right now. The, the Portland Trailblazers have had that team for like four seasons. Where have they gotten to? They have not. They have not made it Conference past finals. the second. Yeah, they they have not made it to the finals. But 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 like what I'm saying, I mean, it's a little bit unfair because Kevin Durant made it with the Warriors. Played with the, the finals. Warriors, yeah. But but Come what on. I'm saying is there were times <laughs> where they would not have made it without him. With that mm-hmm. team, as crazy as it sounds, mm-hmm. Kevin Durant was the X factor for the Warriors on that team, and he's the X factor now with with the Nets. But I I, I can't deny that he didn't he didn't hit that three. I I, I I'm just flowery I said that, that that's how that played out but dame dame is almost cr- like he he's he's stepping out further than i think he should but it's because he's like he knows he can hit it from there and and mm-hmm. and that's what's crazy to me um i can't deny that it's a good that's a good pick that's a good pick i think for me the 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 durant pick like like you said like they haven't got that far they've been to the conference finals once and they lost but when you look at the cast that's with them, of course he's only been to the conference finals. Like Durant in all of those teams, the teams that he had, he went to the 
the finals with a Russell Westbrook team, basically. And then they also had James Harden at one point. They also had Victor Oladipo at one point. They had Steven Adams. Like these are, these are good players. Mm-hmm. Serge Ibaka in his legitimate prime where mm-hmm. he was a, like one of the best defensive players in the entire league, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he goes to the Warriors who had already won a championship and who had Steph and who had Clay and who had Dre. They were a ridiculously good team. And then now he goes to the Nets where he has Kyrie and um, wow, I'm blanking, but he has, he has Kyrie and thank you, James Harden. Yeah. Like he, he's had two all NBA team, all NBA teammates on this team in the year that he played. And he also had one in OKC basically, whereas Dame has never once had mm-hmm. a single all NBA caliber teammate. The best teammate he's ever had is CJ McCollum, who isn't who we all sit here every year and say, oh, he's underrated. He's like a B-plus player. Like, mm-hmm. he's going to go put 22 in it. Nobody's going to notice. But that's the next best player. Like, a Chris Middleton-level player is your next best, and you're expected to drag the team to the finals. I think I, I think this – yeah. That's all I got. I don't know. It's tough, the, you know? This whole part of it is is the non-sequitur, the biggest non-sequitur possible because I brought it up yeah. and then you finished off because – the, the question is game on the line. It's not about game like on the line. who's on who, the line. who had the best team around him or anything like yeah, that. Like that's, I, I think, but I, I think head to head, I don't, I don't know who you pick Kevin Durant or, or Damian it, Lillard. It's a coin flip. I'll take Dame if you want Kevin. But, okay. uh, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair, fair enough, enough. Fair enough. Okay. Let's, let's, let's get through these last ones here. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. I actually like this one a lot. I think this is like a little bit of like an underrated question. Um, this mm-hmm. is sort of the CJ McCollum of questions. Um, which player forces most adjustments by teams? Okay, so I know what the GM said. Yes. Um, and it was Steph. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have a tough time with this because there are so many good answers for it. Um, I think I'm agree though. I think I'm gonna agree. I I deliberated about Giannis because you have to put a wall up against him. Mm-hmm. You have to completely change your strategy when Giannis comes to town. Um, Harden not so much because the rules changed now, so he's gonna have to free throws he got before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll go Steph. I'm gonna take Steph as well. He just runs so well off the ball, and mm-hmm. he just he sneaks out of coverages all the time. So you literally cannot play the same way you normally do on defense because you have to keep your head up away from the ball basically and trap in a more zone to be able to even keep up with them because if you're playing man-to-man you gotta have three different dudes that are ready to get their cardio on tonight yeah um, exactly i think it's step for me here you got i i and this is the i feel like is gonna be a quick one because i i also agree uh i like just having watched him very closely for most of my life the, the slow progression of like having your best defender on him that's not even enough anymore now you need just to double him up and just like leave a man completely open like like the like the fact that that is the decision that needs to be made a lot of the time when defending him uh is it's just like shows that like they would rather have a, a guy nba caliber player completely open rather than have steph be slightly open like at all open um and that, and I feel like that's like a, that's a tough pill to swallow for a lot of teams because, you know, it's not like it, when, when Clay comes back, that's going to be more tougher because now you kind of have two players you can't really leave open at all. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I, I, I would even 
Kevin Durant or, or Giannis or those players like that, you, you have to make adjustments as well. Um, and I think Damon Lillard also gets a little bit of that love as well. Like that double up um, Devin Booker, another player like that, like those guys who, when they're hot, especially like, you're like, I would rather have Mikhail Bridges shoot a three as crazy as that, as that sounds, I'd rather have him shoot that than, than Devin Booker or, you know, CJ McCollum or someone like that. And that's, that's a crazy idea, especially in the NBA. Tatum. You, yeah. Tatum is exactly Tatum. Um, players like that. They, they warrant that sort of action um, from head coaches who have spent years perfecting their, their schemes and stuff like that. <laughs> like we don't have an answer. We'll just put two guys on my guess. Um and like, there's some crazy shots of, of, of or like pictures of, of Steph being like guarded by four guys or, you know, Dame being covered by three people or whatever. So those, those, that's the most interesting thing to me is that like, they're, they're incredibly lethal like that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think you just have to change. Damian Lillard was the one that I also didn't mention that I 100% should have. You got to pick that guy up a half court and you got to double him once he's in the half court yeah. because otherwise he's hitting something from three. And you're going to say it's a bad shot, but it's not for him. Mm-mm. Like, um, yeah. Anyway, moving on to the next question. Um, I believe it's my final question. It is, yes. Which player is the best passer in the NBA? Um, I can probably guess what the what the GM said. And I'm going to say it's probably LeBron. Do you know if that's if that's true or not? Uh, it was a tie between LeBron and Jokic, both with seventeen percent. Interesting. I well, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say LeBron, just from and because like I feel like he, for for year after year, um, delivers. And maybe it's I don't know if it is like he's like the best passer, but he does. He definitely has the most memorable assists. Um, and he he's one of those players that like that kind of thing, that sort of like, uh, like qualified data that he has of like I remember all these amazing passes like they like teams have to remember that that like he he has this sort of court vision that um you know a lot of point guards you know struggle to to be as good as as he is um and uh I think that also kind of plays into how he can um play from like the the triple threat action as well you know so like if he if he has the opportunity to you know drive on you still he doesn't have, he doesn't he hasn't used his dribble yet or whatever like that's like you know pick your poison i don't even know like how you even look at that um so uh having a player like that who can pass as well as he can but like that not even be maybe his like best attribute um that just sort of compounds like the passing like lethalness of it um yeah what do you think i he was kind of my uh he was actually third on my list um okay because i do agree with a lot of the points he made, I, I'm going to say he's going to have a tough time this year by comparison a little bit because I don't know that the group around him necessarily is perfectly suited for all of that. Yeah, that's, a, that's uh, a good the way point. he's going to play. Yeah. Um, so I actually lean towards Chris Paul here. Ooh, um, okay. I choose Chris Paul. He's a – sorry, I was looking on my phone to make sure I wasn't lying. He has led the league in assists four times. Okay. He currently averages, averages, this includes rookie year, this includes down years, nine and a half assists a game on his career. Um, he averaged nine assists per game last year. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a guy who is in, incredibly intelligent on and off of the ball. 
and is not only a quarterback of the play the way that LeBron and Jokic are, but he's also an on-court coach, essentially, and he's he's the general of the entire team, basically, when he has the ball in his hands, even when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, whether he's going to take whether he's calling for a pick and roll basically with DeAndre Ayton and Ayton comes over and he snakes the pick and roll, basically mm-hmm. as soon as he snakes that pick and roll, because he's so intelligent, he knows what's going to happen that way. Yeah. As soon as somebody looks his way or takes one slide step over towards him, he's going to find Mikhail Bridges or he's going to find Dario Saric and they're going to shoot a three. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that's just, if he does that one particular play and he knows so many different things. And it's the same reason that the GMs voted that Chris Paul would be, would make for the best coach in the NBA, yeah. any of the current NBA players. Um, I think that he's just, he's so far ahead in terms of steps already, much like LeBron is, but he is a pure passer more than anything else. He's got a great mid-range game. He's got a great outside-inside game. But the best thing that he is is a passer. And so I think that's why I take Chris Paul there. Who'd you have, who'd you have under him? Who'd you have second? I had Jokic second. Okay, and then I have LeBron. Yeah. Um, I had Jokic just because um, I, th- I think I value it. I look at it almost from a value standpoint because not only is he as good as those guys at passing basically but he's doing it from a position where normally not really passing yeah it's not really the thing that you're expecting the league average is like 2.2 assists per game and this guy's averaging like 12 yeah we were we were were shocked when marcus all was doing like four assists a game and stuff like whoa it's crazy um yeah so that's yeah that's sort of like an evolution of it i love that no that's a that's a good answer um his accolade of being the best passing big i think that's hilarious because it's like you're putting too much on it at that point like 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 yeah and not only <laughs> just that, call him a you, good pass just yeah he's not a good passing big he's the best passing big of all time mm-hmm. he's a great passer he's, yeah in my opinion the second best passer in the league mm-hmm. like i don't know why we say, have to sit here and be like oh but also he's really good <laughs> For a center. For a center, exactly. Yeah. For a center, he's really good. <laughs> he's the best you know? international passing big in the NBA. Like, <laughs> just like keep sitting, adding stuff on. Yeah. Him. We're uh, not sitting here and we're just like, oh, wow. Kevin or Devin Booker is really good in the post for a guard. For a guard. Like, he <laughs> yeah. is good in the post. Like, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. just, that's who he is. But true. Uh, did you have a question still there? I have one more. Yes. Uh, and this one, I feel like it's a good one to end on. Who, which team is the most fun to watch for you? Mm. So I know the answer again. Yes. For what the, what the I GM know said. you know the answer, sir. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm going to deviate from the answer. Oh, okay. I'm picking the Hornets. They were the most fun team Oof, last year. Yeah. They were they were voted on as the most fun team last year, and they're going to be the most fun team again this year. Uh, they have a fun court. It's awfully bright. Um, they have a fun announcer that screams at everything. Yeah. Like, it's, like it's WrestleMania 69. Like this guy just screams at everything. Yeah. And you have a Showtime player in LaMelo. Of course. You have a Showtime dunker alley-oop specialist in Miles Bridges. Bridges. Yes, sir. You have a dude that's ready to just mean mug on people in Ubre. Like you have Terry Rozier, who's just going to grit his teeth at whoever wants to get <laughs> yeah. his way. He's going to post for some people. Um, and then you have Kai Jones, who like, he's really good. Um, he's <laughs> really tall. raw. He's yeah. really raw, 
but he has the potential. He's so athletically gifted that mm-hmm. those five minutes a night he might get to play might be the most five most fun five minutes of the night for some Hornets games this year, depending on who's playing. Um, I'm going Hornets all the way, baby. What do you got? I love that answer. Oh, man. Woof. Homer. It's the Warriors. Come on. Come on. I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to – dude, I'm telling you right now, when was the last time the Warriors were fun to watch? It's when Clay Thompson was playing. <laughs> he hasn't played in two years. Do you know how hype is going to be seeing Clay Thompson play again? Like, he, he didn't even have to be as good as he was two years ago. But if he has a 40-point game, it's going to be, like, the most, like, amazing thing to see. This guy, like, who has who has been through incredibly, like, like – harrowing injuries um just be back on the court again and like <clears throat> i think the nba like forgets how much the the splash brothers were beloved for a long time um before like the 73 and 9 team um and now they're back to this sort of scheme like it's it's not like this dynasty team anymore it's this team that like barely made it to the playoffs play in team last year uh, and and it has the opportunity to you know be a little bit better this year with with uh, some acquisitions and stuff like that, um, and like I mean I just being at that preseason game it was also really fun to watch Otto, Otto Porter Jr. just like be like a good player because I feel like I haven't seen Otto Porter Jr. be a really good player in a while. Um, Nobody has. <laughs> and also, so like same goes for Violetta. Yeah, Violetta. They both had three threes. I think that game it was just like what, like what is going on? Um, but also like the compounding point of Jordan Poole also being like just a really fun player to watch. Like you want to cheer for that guy so much. I'm really bummed that uh, Nico Mannion is playing in Italy this year because he would also been really fun to watch. Like he's one of those guys who like you know you don't really think about, but he plays five minutes, uh, you know, in garbage minutes, and like you just want to root for this kid, you know. So, uh there there's a lot of potential there to sort of relive sort of the 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 good old days of the this this Warriors team at least for me it will be um because you know I don't think anyone really expects them to win the championship this year not even anyone is really expecting them to be in the top five of the west or anything like that it's gonna be one of those like let's just maybe send off this team right before all these players get too old to be as amazing as they are anymore I feel like Steph Steph has like maybe two amazing seasons left um uh and then he sort of becomes like this i mean he's what he's he's gonna turn 34 this year it, i i i mean no, <laughs> he's gonna turn That's 34 crazy. this year so like i feel like in, in two years when he's 36 i mean maybe he's he's still as amazing as he is now but like in all honesty like you could be as healthy as you are i mean you could he could he could pull lebron and just be still amazing at 36 but I think that, especially for a guard, you know, he, he guards like they stay shooting. You know, that's he's gonna he's gonna be shooting and stuff like that. Um, but he, he runs. He 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 has to run so much to to you know get as open as he does now. So I can't see that that the defense getting easier on him. I just think that this year is a great opportunity for them to be sort of like a like a, a sleeper to to just be a really fun team to watch. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, okay. I like that a lot. I I don't disagree necessarily. They're going to be a really fun team. And I think 
you you noted like when was the last time they were fun they were fun last year man like yeah. watching steph play like mvp level steph is oh like, yeah there's no, nobody sure. like it there's nobody like it when they're just on mm-hmm. that dude is mm-hmm. on and he's just he's prepared to go get 50 tonight mm-hmm. no matter how many threes he's got to take um i did want to ask a question and this yeah, wasn't one really we we really planned out a whole lot but uh i feel like it's a good one to end on um, I wanted to, I wanted to ask who do you think is going to win the NBA championship this year? Oh man, who is going to win the championship this year? That's a tough one. I'll let you think about it because yeah. I have a hot take have? for this one a little yeah, bit. Yeah, go for it. I want to um, hear. And I guess this isn't the last question because we actually have a hot take to go over real quick for yes. each of us. Um, I have the Milwaukee Bucks going back to back. Um, I like it. Everybody just wrote this team up. Like, they're this garbage team all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't still have Giannis and Tentacumpo. Like, they don't have Chris Middleton. Like, they don't have Drew Holiday. They don't have Mike Budenholzer. Mm-hmm. This team is not that different. They lost P.J. Tucker. Yes, they lost an incredibly important defender. The bio market is hot every year. There's free agents out there that are going to move. They can make trades. They like the team they have now. Everybody likes their team right now. But I like the Bucks to go back to back here. I think the Nets might get hurt. I think the Lakers are a little old. Um, they might get hurt too. Um, I think, I think I like the bucks here. What do you got? I'll swerve as well. I feel like it's too easy to be like, it's the Nets, you know, or it's be, the Nets. It's the Nets. Year, the Nets yeah. are going to win. Um, yeah. I think they take the next step. I kind of, I really want them to, I, I want to get there. Um, well, now I'm thinking about it. I'm going to say I would be happy if either the Jazz or the Suns win this year. I feel like I feel like the Suns can maybe like recreate some of that magic that they had last year. I don't know if they get back to the finals even, but maybe if they get to the finals maybe they have some uh they have some unfinished business there and they can they can pull it off, but I think that the Jazz have like an incredibly good like team makeup to like make it to the finals. And like if they make it there then they have a great opportunity to like pull it off because I mean, it's sort of been like some like uh, like weird playoff, you know, like work that they've done in these in these past few years, because like for what it's worth, like last year, you you have like an amazing season by them and then they like drop off in the playoffs. Like I, I, I just don't understand how like that team as good as they are with, with the, with the place they have, you know, like they have their guy, Donovan Mitchell, they have their defensive stalwarts. They have their, you know, off the bench guy. They have Mike Connolly, who is finally be, being Mike Connolly again, you know, like they have, they have, and, and, you know, they have Joe Ingles who can, you know, pull up and maybe hit a three or two. Like that's that, that I feel like is like here, we have all the pieces and uh, Quinn Snyder, a great coach as well. Like they have, they have all the pieces to be a championship team. Maybe it's just Donovan Mitchell maturing a little bit more. Maybe it's just, you know, I don't know, trying something a little bit different on the defensive or offensive end, you know, or something like that. But, like, it's all there. They just need to, like, pull it off. I don't know. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. Who's your MVP then? Your finals MVP? Because mine's Giannis, obviously. Yeah. I'll give it to Donovan. Yeah. Donovan? That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I think – he's 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 got like that he's got that like Dwayne Wade vibe to him so like I feel like he just like takes over in the finals 
just, just it makes sense that Dwayne Wade's like a part owner of the Jazz, and like they mm-hmm. both have a play style, and they're like kind of tight off the court. Yeah, but... exactly. It's like a mentorship almost. I love that. Exactly. Anyway, hot take time. Hot take time. Hot take time. Uh, what you got? Final seg- Final segment of the day. We're gonna do a hot take from our own team, our own favorite team as a Raptor fan and as a Warrior fan. We're yes. gonna do a hot take, just a general NBA hot take. Anything you want. Um, I'm gonna go with a general hot take to start here okay. if you want to follow suit i'm gonna take that the bucks and the heat are in the eastern conference final there's no nets Ooh. i don't i don't see the nets getting there Kyrie's okay. gonna play half the games and he won't get to play at home in the playoffs mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, true <laughs> he's not right vaxxed. oh no like, yeah if you're he's sure not right. vaxxed he can't play at home anyways yeah. Um, and then I don't know, just with so many injuries lately, I think that it's in, it's entirely possible that this Nets team, and like maybe I'm for like forewarning this too much for myself, basically, and I'm gonna come off like a chump a year from now. But I just I see a scenario in which this Nets team never really hits its potential because it's of just so many varying issues: the Kyrie yeah. saga, the Kevin Durant injuries the Harden injuries, whatever it is, basically. Um, yeah, Heat Bucks Eastern Conference Final this year. Book it. Who do you got? like it. I like that. Okay. Mine is similar. Mine is similar. And it is we don't see the Lakers in the Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. I, think that, I, I think that it's one of those things where it's like, we have oh look at all these players that we got now we got Carmelo we got we got LeBron we got we got Russ we got Anthony Davis like all these amazing players from but like not in like necessarily like their best years anymore like i would not mm-hmm. say that carmelo is in his best years anymore he's like his best years as a role player maybe um and then russ and lebron i just don't know that build if that works as well anthony davis injury prone lebron getting older injury prone now too maybe like i just i think that it's one of those things where it looks great in a picture you look at that picture and you're like that's a team that's going to go to the finals. That's a team that's going to win the championship this year. It just doesn't work out when, when you actually put into practice. Um, and I hate, I hate to, to um, bet against the LeBron team because we all know how that goes sometimes, but I think that we get like in a, we get like a very, like, I don't know, nostalgic sort of season for the Lakers. Like we get to see like LeBron and Melo finally play together and, you know, we get to see like Russ having fun and it's not like obnoxious, you know, or, uh, you know, so like something like that, where it's, they, they do well enough to get into the playoffs and then like they get a second round exit and we, we don't really fault them for it, I guess, too much. I don't know. Like, it, I, I don't know if I really fault LeBron for not winning any more championships. I think that mm-hmm. he, I think that he can sort of just like be an amazing like leader for a team and like that be like what he does for the rest of his career. Um I, I just don't know if I see them winning a championship or even maybe even making the Western Conference this year. Fair enough. They really remind me of that like meme team from two years ago. Which one? It was just like the meme team where it was like oh, yeah. John Rondo and like, yeah, like Lance Stevenson. And like Lance Stevenson. Yeah. <laughs> just like all these guys that hate LeBron are on the team now. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's but a like, reality but like show. the polar opposite. Yeah, like a reality show. But yeah. Anyway, we're going to go hot takes for our favorite team. Mm-hmm. to wrap it up here uh, because they're going to have a terrific season. I think um, both teams, they were both voted on to have big increases in wins this year. It should be a yes, bounce sir. back here for both teams here. Um, we should probably see the Warriors in the playoffs. I think the Raptors could definitely see a play in 
Oh, yeah. Depending, depending on how they play, obviously. It'll be dependent on the East. It's supposed to be really tough. Uh, my team hot take, and this comes as no surprise if you follow me on Twitter or if you have ever heard me talk about him, but uh, OG Ananobi is going to average at least 20 points this year. No doubt in my mind. He has averaged six points per game more every year since he's entered the NBA. He averaged six points, 12 points, 18 points. He's getting 20 points this year. There's no more Kyle Lowry. Um, Fred and Pascal, everybody always sits around and they say young core, young core. The Raptors got a young core. Pascal's 28 years old. Fred's 27, I believe. OG is 23 years old. This guy's going to get the ball in his hands. And people are going to be sitting at the end of the year saying, like, wow, we always thought this guy was like Mikhail Bridges. We thought he was like, you know, Tayshaun Prince, like good mm-hmm, defender, mm-hmm. can shoot a little bit here and there. This guy's going to get a lot of face-up play this year. He's going to get a lot of back downs. He's getting a lot of touches. I think you're looking at a legitimate 20 and four and four with a steal and a half and a block and a half a game. This guy's going to give – big legitimate small forward moments um do you think he makes a a defensive uh team um i'm gonna go weirdly no um Mm. i think that like i i was reading the gm survey and um og ananobi actually rated as the uh second or sorry he was rated as the most um switchable defender in the league last year of all the defenders, basically, Ben Simmons was on that list. Mikael Bridges was obviously on that list. Just a couple mm-hmm. other guys. But OG Ananobi was number one. And this was based on, like, the advanced statistics. I don't have the report on me. But yeah, yeah. he hasn't made an all-NBA defensive – or an all-defensive team yet. Um, and much like a lot of those defensive specialists, they just don't seem to get the love sometimes. You always get the all-stars that are also pretty good at defense yeah, that end up on true. that team a lot. Um, I, the last, like mm-hmm. the last true defender outside of maybe like, I guess Rudy Gobert is a true defender, but he's a rim protector more than he's a defender in my opinion. Um, the last real defensive player to get defensive player of the year, for example, mm-hmm. Tony Allen yeah. 10 years ago, Yeah, where yeah. it's like a guy that's not getting 15 points a game. It's a mm-hmm, guy that mm-hmm. is legitimately just showing it on defense not getting a lot of points, but I did say OG getting 20 points a game. He might get all, all defense, the second team. I think he's not playing this year. He could do it. It's true. I, I, uh, what I'm going to say is if I, if Matisse Thibault can get defensive mm. team, I think, I think OG has a great chance to get one. If he has like a, a, like a legitimately, like, like you were saying a 20 point per game season, like he, he's not a lock, but like, he's a, he's a likely, um, mine. Here we go. I have a couple. But I'm, I'm going to say the one that I think might be like a hot take, but I think it could happen. I think that one, Steph breaks his record for threes this year. Okay. But also, I think he hits 500. I think he hits 500 threes this year. That's crazy. You're wild. <laughs> he hit 404 in, in like 2017, I think. I think that he can hit 500. Like if he like, just like, just absolutely tries to go for it. And like, I mean, the defense might be the only thing that stops him at that point. That would be 6.1 makes per game. Maybe hits 450. <laughs> <this year. laughs> yeah, my, my hot take is he breaks his record. That's what, that's what I'll say. I'm not going to get that's valid. Take. Yeah, yeah. That's he's valid. got it. I think he's That's got it under wraps, baby. I, I I don't think. I mean, 
I don't think that another player breaks the re- the record if he breaks it this year for like at least a decade or so. Yeah, no, I I agree. I can I can definitely see that. Yeah. But give team. give any uh best lowest asks today. I didn't have any planned necessarily, but is what's an NFT? It's really hot right now that you like. Oh, well, that's hot right now, dude. I'll give you. Yeah. I'll give you a hot. Right um, give us so, the alpha. So there is a a project out there that's called. Um, zombie cats and uh they are a complete derivative of cool cats um they look almost exactly like them except all of their traits are like zombified and they have like Mm -hmm. like you know tattered clothing or they have you know like green fur or whatever um but the reason i really like this project is because they have one specific trait that i love um and it is the clothes that is titled squid and it is the squid game jumpsuit from the show squid game so if you've seen that show um and uh you are and i still have my profile picture up right now currently it is right now um the like zombie cat uh that i own that has like a little squid game uh like jumpsuit on which i dude if you haven't watched that show caleb have you watched that show by the way i haven't yet i've been meaning to so much i'm just so busy no, that's, a, that's fair. That's fair. the content for all the fans out there. Oh, yes, of course. Who could forget? Um, <laughs> who could forget? Who could forget? Uh, go watch it if you haven't already. It's, a, it's an amazing show. It's going to be the most watched show on Netflix. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's why I think Zombie Cats is worth looking at because they have one trait that specifically um, appeals to me. Uh, but yeah, do you have, do you have any, uh, you got any best Lewis ass right now, buddy? That's a really tough one. I, I really bought in. And I'm going to butcher her last name because I didn't watch a lot of her games this year. I watched a lot of WNBA, but I didn't really watch a whole lot of Liberty games. Mm-hmm. Um, but the four-badge rookie of Michaela on, on Yenware, that's what I'm going to mm-hmm. go with. Mm-hmm. Um, correct us if you get it wrong. <laughs> yeah, please correct us if you get it wrong. Um, yeah, $38 right now. I bought two or three of them yesterday. It's the first ever... Uh, four badge badge rookie for a WNBA moment it's currently the only one on the market it's also and this may be a benefit or not a benefit but it's the only four badge moment that's not minted to four thousand it's minted to eleven thousand two hundred fifty um interesting rookie of the year it's from her first shot in her first game in her first season obviously as a rookie in the WNBA she's going to be a superstar I think that, that you can't go wrong with a debut that is a first shot mm-hmm, and it's $38 mm-hmm. I bought one at 33 I bought one at 39 I think I bought one at 41 as well um good just good to have I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep buying them stock because it, yeah they are it's just a terrific moment and I think it's a historic moment and I think that that's one that uh should definitely be in the vault Definitely. I love that. I love that. All right. Well, that wraps us up for today's episode, guys. Uh, Thank you so much for watching or listening. Um, You can catch us on our Twitter uh, at the lowest ask. You can catch us individually. I'm at threes is Ketchum. And Caleb, what are you? At real Caleb Lesko, R-E-A-L-C-A-L-E-B-L-E-S-K-O. Fantastic, guys. And as always, whether and this is this is the spooky version of this outro. Um, spooky. Yeah, whether you are a zombie cat, a uh, dead fellas, or wicked craniums, you are always welcome here as long as you're buying at the lowest ask. We'll see you next time. Yeah.